going on, everybody? It's Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's your boys, Mike and Mish, with the Mission Accomplished Podcast. What's going on, Mike? I'm chilling, man. I'm down here. I'm uh, staying away. Staying away. My family's all sick. Yeah, you know, we got a couple guests lined up tonight. Um, one of our guests called in sick, so just uh, let everybody know right away. We have a second guest who's going to be coming on after Sawyer DP, but it will not be Sawyer, and then Quentin, Quentin got you know some sort of bug going on just like mike's house but mike's got mike's house has the vid right my house got the vid you got the vid but mike didn't get the vid that's why he's a super soldier aka captain america over there mike hunnold in a house of covid this kid comes out unscathed don't ask me how i did it but i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna start having to sell my blood because instead of that that vaccine they're gonna start just taking my blood and injecting it into people's bodies they're gonna find out that that's the real cure yeah, well, good luck with that. You know what? Sell it for fucking a billion dollars to the Trying. goddamn government, and let's get this shit rolling. So we have our first guest of the evening tonight, who will be fighting Quentin Hero Henry at BKFC Jackson Two on June eleventh. Wish we could be there, but of course, me and Mike have uh, our annual training going on for Uncle Sam. So once again, the army takes it away from us again, but. He will be in the featured fight that evening. This guy is one of the most active fighters on the roster at the moment. He is an absolute killer. He's proven himself every single time he goes out there. Let's bring him in. His name is Sawyer DP. What's up, brother? Can you hear us? Oh, boy. Okay, Sawyer, back out and come back in. We literally were just talking to him. Yeah. Okay. We're not yeah, we were just talking to him two minutes ago, and it was fine. Okay, I'm going to text him and tell him to uh, back out mm-hmm. and come back in. Um, yeah, so, Mike, talk amongst yourselves and ta- entertain the people. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's talk about something here. Uh, Dude. We just got past an event here, Cochran versus Dyer, which was actually really good. I... I enjoyed it a lot. And you want to know what? I really wanted to see how uh, Simpson did. And he and he lived up to it, man. Because we got a we got a we got a really good taste of what David Simpson was as a fighter in the fourth and fifth rounds against Scott O'Shaughnessy. And he uh when that fight was over, I remember us talking about it and being like, Man, that dude's legit. Uh he's gonna be something. But also, the main event, Josh Dyer, he came in, said he was going to come in a new fighter. He proved himself there. Uh, Houston Alexander at 50 years old. That dude just keeps on going. It I was a it, great right? It was a great event, man. Uh, let's bring Sawyer back in. Let's see if we can hear him now and see if he can hear us. What's up, Sawyer? How's it going, guys? Yeah, I can I can hear, hear you now. It just shut down on me for a second there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's the magic of live streaming. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. So, you are fighting Quentin Hero Henry, BKFC, Jackson 2, June 11th. Can you turn your sound down just a little bit? Right there. Better for you guys? Yeah, let me see. That's better. Now, dude, this is the fourth time you're stepping into this squared circle in a matter of eight months. Um, When you signed with the BKFC, was this your plan to just stay as active as possible? Or is it the fact that you really haven't taken much damage along the Uh, line? Kind of both. I told him I wanted to just keep going, just fill the schedule up and 
I just want to fight at this point. I, I'm young, I'm healthy. As long as I'm not taking a whole lot of damage, keep them coming. Um, I yeah. haven't taken any big headshots yet. I mean, Yuli, I took a few and got a whole bunch of stitches, but those healed up in a couple of weeks and I was back to it. Yeah, that- the, the, the Yuli fight like shocked a lot of us because, you know, Yuli is the monster. Everyone knows that Yuli is the one-punch knockout king. Uh, you came out there in that first round and you put him on his on his ass real quick. Yeah. And then he, that, then he came back and put you down with a body shot. It was just like a, a really crazy round. And What'd the one that really got, really got me was the one in the temple. He ended up splitting me right here. I ended up with a couple of stitches over there on the side too. Yeah, you had it looked like you had a pretty pretty nasty uh cut going on. Was it a was it a big cut? Because I remember so when Brito and Paul uh Brito and Palomino got in each other's face, right? I was I took standing a, right behind Brito. You were standing there, right yeah. there because I have a video and at the end I'm still rowing and you're just standing there. And every time I watched it, I could see your face and I was like, God damn, I didn't realize like that you I had that injury. Like 12 stitches right here, and then I had six down my down here and three or four across my the top of my eye. Jeez. So I, I mean, just on that, I don't think they would have let the fight keep going for that. To hey, touch I... on that fight really quick, before that fight, that was like a, a last minute thing, right? Was that a last I, minute thing? Ten days. Yeah, like that's crazy short notice. Uh, and you came in, and I feel like you know people lose, but I don't think you lost. You know? No, that one was either way, win or lose. It was a feather in my hat. He's supposed to be one of the biggest guys in the in that and i was just i just wanted to fight yeah he's he's one of the most feared guys in the division everybody talks about how powerful and how scary yuli diaz is and for you to step up on 10 days notice you know you only fought like two months before Mm -hmm. you get right back in there and then after you fought him you fought two months later again it's like Pretty crazy yeah, to run you're on right now. Two weeks ago or something, the the thirtieth thirtieth of last month, I just fought too. Jesus, man, so. it's like it's it's pretty nuts. And uh, I wanted to ask you about Yuli's power. Were you? I mean, you had to go in there knowing, obviously, with the with the you know the world famous three second knockout. You know how hard he hits, but when he actually put his hands on you, were you surprised by how you felt, or was it stronger than what you thought it would be? No, I was right where I thought it was going to be. I got, um, it, I mean, it took me by surprise when I couldn't get my hands to work. I, you can see me against the ring. I'm sitting there nodding my head. I literally, I was thinking to myself, why won't my hands work? And this is going to fucking hurt. Because I had to sit there and watch him beat me up against the, against the ring there. And I'm, so, it, I mean, it came a little bit of a surprise, but it wasn't, it wasn't too unbearable. Can I, can I ask you about the Yuli fight? And I'm sure you've watched that fight back, you know, a number of times, right? You've probably watched it over and over again. Okay. My question for you is the referee that was in the, maybe you were done. Maybe, maybe you weren't, but that referee all night long, when a guy got knocked down, he would tell the other fighter to back up and then he would start on the floor. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? No, I, I, I wasn't too clear at that point. Um, I mean, like when you watched it back, did you notice that he did that? Because he, it did not take him three full seconds to tell Yuli to move out of the way. He, like, you got knocked down. He pushed Yuli, and he was like four, five, six. I'm like, why the fuck did he start on four? 
You watch. See, Daniel. I haven't noticed that, and I know he only counted me to eight. Because is it is it an eight count or a ten count with these guys? It's, it's a ten count. He's yeah. So I my the last number I remember hearing is eight, and then he he just started waving his hands. Yeah, I just thought that was weird. I mean, maybe I'm just starting some bullshit, but like if you go back and watch it, that same ref he did it. He didn't just do it to you though. He did it a few different fights that night. Like a guy would get a knockdown and he'd tell the dude that got the knockdown to back up, but it would literally take like a half a second to tell the dude to back up and he'd go four, five. That's weird. I, I'll have to look at that. I never noticed that. They're, they're supposed to take their cue from outside the ring, you know? So I don't know why he would start at four unless no. the person outside the ring was like one, two, three, you know, like all. No, really because fast. like the, like the very next fight on that card, Mergliato was, uh, was counting and, and he was and like the dude knocked out. He started at he started at one. He like told the dude one, two. I was like, oh, I don't know. I just thought that was something fishy. Here I am starting shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a lot in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't trying to. I just thought it was weird. But you've proven that you got power in both of your hands. Your two your two wins, like your first fight, you had the you know those double right hooks in the first on the first knockdown. And then the second round, you hit him with a left hook. And then with the Yuli fight, I hit I think you hit him with a left in that one. But then in your third fight, you knocked out with your right. So you definitely have power in both of your hands. What would you say is uh, what sets you apart from your your uh, your competition within the one hundred and eighty five pound? Or two hundred five pound division this time. I, I I feel like I'm I'm probably a little bit faster than most of the guys that are in there right now. Um, they might I, I, all those all the guys that I'm fighting right now. They all have a whole bunch of experience compared to me, so I can't say that I have anything more than them at this point. I'm just now, here to prove prove myself and prove I'm, I belong there. I know you uh, You seem extremely quick and, and very athletic when you're in there. Did you play any other sports other than combat sports coming uh, up? I, I wrestled in college. I played football, baseball, I mean, soccer for a long time. So you're just an all-around jock. That's all I ever did. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't get great grades, but I played, I played most sports well. And what got you – I know you had uh, – how many Amy, uh, MMA fights did you have before you went pro with BKFC? 12? I had like 13 amateur MMA fights, and that was three years prior to even going with BKFC. I hadn't fought in three years before this. So what brought you to the BKFC? Just leaving no stone unturned. I needed to try it out. I I watched them down. Um, who I can't. I was it Cancun or something. And I started reaching out to people. And now you have uh, Joe Riggs living up in Montana. You're from Montana, correct? Yep. We live about three hours apart from each other. You guys do any training together? Uh, I've been meaning to go up and see him just with everything going on right now, work and trying to train and everything else. It's, it's real hard to get up there. I think I just saw him training with Quentin Henry. Was he? I think so. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Look at that. What a traitor. I'll have to get him on here. You need you, you better call up uh the juggernaut right now and get him in your camp. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Maybe uh, we'll see. It'd hey. be sweet to train with Riggs or or Lorenzo. Shit, yeah, can't go wrong either way, man. Um, yeah. dudes. So this fight is at 205. Your first three fights were at 185. 
Is it just, um, you know, how quick you're making these turnarounds that you decided to take a fight at 205 so you didn't have to cut uh, back down? The last weight cut was kind of rough. I ended up missing weight by pound and a half or two pounds. I can't remember. And the doctor ended up stopping my weight cut. So oh, okay. he told me I needed to work on a few things. I figured I can bump up to 205 and then just kind of maintain it and then come back down to 85 at some point. Okay. And, uh, and, and your thoughts on Yuli Diaz, I know you, you probably respect him completely as a fighter, but, uh, going into this, I mean, not Yuli Diaz, um, Quentin, Quentin Henry. Henry, you're, you're about to fight Quentin Henry. Like how impressive, have, how impressed have you been with his career so far? He's oh, actually, I was a fan before I did, like, he was one of the guys that I, why I wanted to start fighting in this is I watched him fight one time and then he fought Chris Lieben and I was like, I have to try this. So I was a fan before I'd ever even thought about even having the chance to fight him. And I, yeah, I have all the respect in the world for the guy. He's, I've, I, I, it doesn't seem like he talks shit. doesn't seem like he, at least not with me at this point. He's got a yeah, great amazing. gimmick too. I got to give it to him. I, I love his, I love his like all American uh, mullet and, uh, you know, American shorts, American flag yeah. shorts and right. uh, Hulk Hogan theme song when he walks out <laughs> the glasses, <laughs> right? There they are. Dude, I had the glasses ready for Quentin to come on here. I wore an American thing on the, uh, I was just trying to hype the dude up, sell this fight a little bit, but uh, I think it kind of sells itself. What I wanted to ask you here is like you're pretty new to the to the uh, bare knuckle sport, but this will be your fourth fight in eight months. You are fighting a guy who is what number one or two, Mike? Do you have the rankings? Is he I think he's number one right now. I do have the rankings. Granted that they are from just a little while back. I don't think new ones have come out yet, but this is March thirtieth. Okay, so Hector is still the belt holder. I don't know if that's going to last long. I can't, I can't imagine they let him hang around too long without defending that belt. My whole point here is Sawyer, you're brand new to the sport. You're eight months in, you beat a guy like Quentin Henry that puts you at three and one. All of a sudden you're like one of the top guys in that division. What does that, what does that mean to you? Uh, it, it would be huge. I would go insane for a while after that one. Um, I mean, isn't it wild think, that that's that's like that's a that's a real thing, man. <laughs> it, it's wild. It, I mean, it's just it, to like how new this sport is and how everything's developing. So I'm kind of happy. I'm real happy with it. And then because I could have just kept taking kind of canner fights, I guess I should say. But why not fight him? I mean, it gets my name out there. It's it's just another fist fight. And it is like it is just like your uh, just like the fight you took on ten days notice with Yuli. That was a win win situation for you. Like uh, like you said, you know he's you know one of the top guys. Everyone kind of fears the monster, but you took him on ten days notice and you went to war with him. And that war earned a boatload of respect from everybody. Everyone knew you were legit. You turned right back around. You got yourself another knockout. Now you turn right back around again. You fight another guy that's just as scary, if not more scary, than Yuli Diaz. You you go in there and you put in put on a show. You beat him. You're at the top of the heap. You put on a war like you did before. You might just crack the top five anyway. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. It, it, all all these fights are win win from for me. And I mean, I just want to, want them to keep coming. As long as I keep putting on good shows, I think they'll be happy with me, and I'll keep getting them kind of names.
Hell yeah, man. Hey, can you tell us how you uh, ended up hooking up with Kevin Smith and Smith Brothers? Uh, Well, he was up here in Montana. We started bullshitting a little bit. And then um, down in Florida, he, he re- er, I talked to him a little bit more. And then we messaged back and forth. And I ended up I really liking him. So I just wanted to be part of his team. I mean, yeah, he's, he's always yeah. taking care of me at the fights. He's made sure my weight cuts are good or like everything through a weight cut. If I need anything, even when he wasn't part of my, or I wasn't part of his team, he still took care of me. Yeah. Mike and I can tell you that like we've developed a really good friendship with Kevin. We see him at every event, but mm-hmm. like you said, dude, he is always running around, especially for his fighters, the days leading up, you yeah. know, if he needs a portable sauna or if he needs this, he needs that he's running all over the damn place for, the, for you guys. He really cares. And um, and then when the event goes on, he's running around the event with like a chicken with his head cut off too, man. And that's what I loved about him is how much he actually showed that he cared. Like I've I've talked to other managers where they only want to deal with you when it comes to money or like when fight time comes up. Where he he messages me and asks me if I'm good. How's how's my training camp going and everything else? So it worked out real good for me. That's solid, man. A, g- a good manager. You know that can that could be a game changer for you guys, especially. Yeah, uh, can, yeah that can explode your career. Or I mean, I've, right. I've I've had managers when I was an amateur that they didn't ever do anything for me, and I'm still paying them. Yeah. Now, where are you right now? I am sitting in Missoula at um, my daughter's softball game. She winning? Uh, I'm not sure. She's up pitching right now. Oh, so nice. I'm hoping they're winning. I've been I'll... sitting in here for a little bit, so. They were they were ahead when I was out there. How old is your daughter? She is nine. Nine pitching. Oof. Awesome. I'm co- I'm coaching seven and eight year olds in little league right now, boys. But I'll tell you, it's like herding eight- cats. Yes, it is, man. And luckily, me and Mike are. Uh, I'm a 21 year veteran in the army. He's a 14 year veteran. So like coaching little kids to me is like second nature because herding <laughs> cats is my fucking day to day job, basically. <laughs> But like I, I actually told one of the parents was like, I really like the way you deal with these kids. Like you discipline them, but you 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 make sure that they're staying focused and you keep it fun for them. And I was like, listen, I have two hundred and forty seven grown adult children that uh, that I deal with pretty often. No offense to any of you guys watching, if you're watching, but I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's I like told having them, a high school wrestling team over at camps or anything. Yeah. It's hard to keep them, tra- keep track of them. <laughs> yeah. And they drive at that age too. You can't keep them in one place. Yeah. They're all over. And and they reproduce. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you got, you got a lot of support in the, uh, in the comment section right now. A lot of fighters tuning in to see you on here tonight. You got Zion Tomlinson, Chevy Bridges. You got Elvin Brito, Lorenzo Hunt. They're all in there, man. Saying what's up. That's sweet. Yeah. They're awesome. all shouting out, shouting out your, uh, your manager too. They're all shouting out Kevin. It's He's a good uh, guy. It's, it's awesome to have him in the corner. Yeah, man, that's really cool. It's a tight family with those guys, I tell you. Um, But, you know, we don't want to keep you too long. We want to play a quick game with you real quick and then let you get going so you can get back to your kids' base uh, softball game. Does that sound good? Perfect. All right, brother, here we go. Five questions, non-fight related, just to get people to know your personality a little bit, become fans of you. Here we go. Speed round with Sawyer DP. Here we go. Which tattoo was your first? We oh, see all like every other high school, I had a, my last name tattooed in the middle of my back. 
the, like the old name old. in the, <laughs> the old name in the little, middle of the back. Yeah. My guess was going to be the Copenhagen can, but you know, I got that one when I was 21 after my best friend died. Oh, there's a story behind that. All right. Yeah, because it's it's his it's Copenhagen in the center, and then it's his name all the way around it, and his death dates and shit like that. Oh, that's badass! I just here I am being an asshole, thinking it was a dip can. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> I mean, we can't read it during the fights, you know. Yeah. Oh no. I get, all right. I get a lot of comments about that one being redneck and everything else. <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck all of them. Number two. What celebrity do people say you look like? Uh, the guy from Goonies. Hey, you guys. Oh, no. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> What? <laughs> Are you serious? Who the hell well, is saying that shit? Kind of funny. I mean, when my face was all blown up after that Yuli fight, I kind of looked like him. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'll give him that. But your ear wasn't down by your chin. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's true, but I did. Have, I do have a big ass head. <laughs> Can you do your best uh, sloth impression from the Goonies? Shit. Uh, no. Not on, not on national <laughs> television. I'll look all kind of goofy. <laughs> Hey, shit, national uh, television. Damn. Now, hey, I had somebody that don't, and like, you're a much better looking version of this guy. Larry Bird, man. Larry Bird looks like he could oh. be your dad. Yeah, he could have definitely been the Goonies guy. <laughs> but he was, yeah, he was definitely a goofy looking feller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And his Number... shot, it was pretty much, he, it looked like he was doing shot put when he was, yeah, but he, ball was, up there. yeah but he was but the he had best, one of the best man. percentages in the game. Hell yeah. So good. I was my favorite player of all time. I got like three jerseys of his. All right. What is something that scares the shit out of you, Sawyer? Fucking needles. Needles? Needles all day long. If uh, There's a video of me circling around when I was getting stitches in my face. And I, I can get punched in the face. I can do whatever. But you put a needle next to me and I'm running for the hills. Hey, no quick, shit. quick secret here. Well, not really a secret. but Oh, yeah, Mike. Yeah. I have passed out many times, not before, but after getting like shots and stuff. Like we, we got a uh, smallpox and uh, was a smallpox and what's the other one we get, Kyle? I, I don't know. We got like, a bunch of them. Yeah. We got a bunch of crazy shit for the military, but we got two in one. And, and I like five minutes later, I was out cold white as a ghost. I thought nope. I was going to die. That I, when I go get my blood drawn for fights, getting everything tested. They put me in one of those little chairs and they put the armrest in front of me because I just, I just start leaning over, slumping. My face drains white. I'm scared yeah. shitless of them. It's so weird, man. It's like you can't anthrax. That's what it is. Anthrax. That's what we got. The shot. Smallpox and anthrax. Two good things to put into your body. If we got anthrax, okay. Hold on a second. I'm gonna. If we got anthrax on that de- on that deployment, Mike, that would be like the ninth time I've gotten the fucking anthrax shot. Yeah. Well, and I'm not okay with this anymore. <laughs> God damn it, Army. Stop sticking me with things. All right. Number four. Here we go. How often do people make some kind of porn reference when mentioning your name? Not not very often. Wow. I, I, I mean, I get a lot of double penetration or deep penetration, but uh, just because of the DP tattoos, um, but not not very often. Not very often. DP. I feel like that's like one of those jokes that people always say and they think they're the original. They go, oh, I, DP, I mean, what do you mean, was... double penetration? <laughs> <laughs> right? Or it was like, I had some buddies, it was Sawyer DP with the little PP. Like, I mean, that kind of shit, all, that happened all the fucking time. Oh, my God. Oh, See, God. I guess we're just some, like, sick 
perverts over here. We're thinking that Mike's like, it's got to be every day. Somebody probably says yeah. something every single day. Yeah. <laughs> no, not very often. Yeah, not very often. I mean, I'm, I must hang around some normal people. All right. All right. Here we go. Number five in the last one. What is your most embarrassing moment from high school? Uh, probably senior night of wrestling. I got sick and started puking all over the mats. In the middle During of the match. During a match? Oh. That During sucks. a match in front of the entire school. <laughs> I, uh, I was I running back and forth, back well. and forth. I'd eaten Subway or something earlier, so it just kept fucking coming. That and chocolate milk. <laughs> was, I, was it like the movie Stand By Me? <laughs> Is it Stand By Me when, they, when the dude goes and eats the blueberry pie and pukes all over everybody and everyone starts puking on each other? No, it wasn't what? like that, but my, I definitely hit my coach's shoe with it. <laughs> I mean, and it's so funny that you said you ate some Subway because, like, that was my go-to after weigh-ins thing was smash a foot-long sub from Subway. And uh, I could totally see that happening on the mat, but I, I, I never did it, so I can't relate. I can't even imagine how you felt at that point. <laughs> oh, it was uh, – yeah, that was, that was a gnarly one. And then yeah, we had to take pictures right after my match or something or right before the match, so – you look all pale and fucking green. <laughs> yep, and I'm, I still have puke on my singlet, and I had to take pictures with my parents and stuff. <laughs> well, that's a good one, my man. Hey, let's watch your watch. Let's watch you at work real quick before we let you go. We're gonna give everybody a taste of what they're gonna see on June 11th. This is your first fight with a double right hand. And then the uh, I think a le left here. I think so. The, the first one. Good show. The last fight. Let me tell you something. Yuli's tough as hell because that yeah. one right there looks like it would have put a lot of guys out, and that fucking dude barely went down. Bam! They had him wobbly for a little bit though. After that. Yeah, he uh, slips while throwing a punch there. Yeah, I wish I would have had a little more composure in that fight to hold it down for a little bit longer. See, that one, when you went down there, he punched you like in the armpit and you kind of just like threw yourself back. I yeah, know it, it was, was a, a it, like it was a weird like caught me off guard kind of thing there. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is you're going to see more of this. Him and Quentin Henry, man, it's going to be a fucking slugfest July 9th. We can't wait to see it, my man. We'll give you a minute to uh, say some last things, shout some people out if you want, and uh, we'll let you get going. Um. Well, thanks for everybody for watching. Uh, Kevin Smith, thank you for everything. Um, my coach, uh, he, Mark Belden, he's going to be coming down. Uh, Jason Zantgraff. I got. Uh oh. Well, damn. Can you believe that? He froze. He went. He went and froze up on us. Sorry, you froze. He done froze. Did I? Did I? Oh, not there he is. He's back, and now he's muted. Unreal. Ruined his moment. Sawyer, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Uh, All right, peace out, brother. Thank you very well, much for coming on the show. Hey, when that happens, you know. You know what? Did, hey, did I? Did I say not June eleventh? Because. June 11th, guys. June 11th. Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, I don't know. BKFC Fight Night 2.
Quentin Henry versus Sawyer DP. I don't know. I thought it said June 11th. I'm a fucking student if I didn't, I guess. What did Kyle say, guys? What the fuck did he say? What did I what the fuck did I say? Somebody <laughs> I want to know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what I said. You Hold said on. July 9th. Wow, what a stunat, huh? Nomination July. going up for you. What a fucking piece of shit. What, what's yes. happening? What's Nothing happening? anymore, you loser. What's happening on July 9th? It used uh, to July... be the London card, but it got moved to July 16th. So, Oh, well. Living sorry. in the past, are you? Jeez. I'm going to blame it on Mike's family's COVID and just move on. All right. So, hey, we guys, we got a, uh, a late addition to the show here. Our boy, Quentin Henry, has uh, caught a bug and he's home sleeping it off. Hopefully getting himself ready. And um, we got our friend, the number, the pound for pound. The pound for pound number one interviewer in bare knuckle sports. His name is Joe Miggs. Joe, thank you for coming on the second best show on the internet. <laughs> no, you guys are the best. You said the pound for you pound king, that. I think. Is the, what pound it is. For, the pound listen, for pound. Listen, you know, I gotta, I gotta do something. You know, I gotta make something up. So, you know, uh, of course. How you guys well, doing? Oh, you know, you were always good, Joe. That's what's up, bro. That's what I like to hear. For half a second, when you popped up on the bottom of the screen, I thought you had a Christmas tree up. I swear to God, I was like, I, like I saw it in the corner of my eye, and then I looked, and I was like, yo, what the hell? What's Get that tiki bar going, man. Get that bar. Oh, what's in the cup? Uh, we got uh, little Tito's, cranberry, and lime juice. Yeah. Nice and refreshing for the tiki bar, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. No carbs. We don't need those carbs in our life. Trying to get them off, bro. Got to get these cheeks down. I got a little chunky, so. <laughs> How's, anybody, how's, grand, how's grandma going to grab them if you get rid of them? Uh, God rest from grandma's soul. Oh, man. I'm sorry. God rest her soul. You know, I'm, you that's it. I don't have any up. grandparents left. No more cheek grabbing. Oh, <clears throat> that's it. No more. Ass cheek grabbing's all right with the, with the right chick. <laughs> don't want to lose those. Tony Soto, Tony Soto says, Tito's, what do you have, you period? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's very it's bloody nasty. tonight. Yeah, it's a natural diet. I should have had a Bloody Mary, though, if I had my period. If you can see in the background here, I, which way do I have to move? I don't think you really could, but I have two handles of Tito's right there. Two. Not just one. Oh. Two. Hey, you should be double fisting right now. I know you got to <laughs> shoot guns tomorrow. It might be a little crooked. But... Yeah, yeah, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, so, so yeah. Migs, you got a lot of shit going on in your life right now. You got... You got a series coming up. You got uh, it's, uh, some AEW shit going on. Jake Hager's punching you in your face. Uh, uh, hurt. I hurt my feelings, man. My feelings were hurt. Tell it. What can you tell us about anything? What, what, I know a lot of your stuff is secret these days, but what can you tell? Yeah, us? I'm a. I'm, it's only because I'm a superstitious guy. I don't like to, you know, say official, official till it's official, official. You know, but I like to mm -hmm. always throw little teasers out there for fun. But. Uh, for Jake, that, that was a great time. Jake's a good guy. He's a good friend of mine. Um, his wife, great woman. I actually met them through Kendra Lust. So they were, they're all friends. And uh, they introduced me to to Jake and, and Catalina. We actually did a podcast together a while ago. Um, I had interviewed uh, Catalina and Jake. Because Jake had a fight coming up in Bellator. So we were talking about that. Talking a little wrestling. But <clears throat> what ended up happening was... Catalina, she wants to get involved. His wife wants to get involved with interviews and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, why, why don't you come meet up with me? You know, when they have a Tampa event or a Lando event, you know, I'll, sh I'll show you the ropes. You know, we could do a collaboration. You know, I was like to do that kind of stuff. And uh, she, you know, she agreed. We went out to uh, Orlando. 
about while we were making these plans and credit to her because she she did a, a great job and she you know she did her homework and there was a lot of fighters she didn't know she just started getting into bare knuckle and she did a good job and uh we figured why not jake's coming let's do a skit let's do something funny and really it was just supposed to be a funny skit comedic skit you know which i i, I thought was funny anyway but you know the punch at the end was great because now it's like well i could kind of kayfabe it a little bit you know <laughs> i wish we planned this a little earlier because i would have definitely got that whole clip and played it here you know you yeah it's, hey, it's on my ig if you want to pull it up you can joe have you ever had to take a fake a fake punch for like any of your acting gigs or anything like that because it looked like you had experience in uh or, or, or did I just say it was fake? I don't know. Was it fake? Was it, was it a fake? <laughs> Definitely. I, I, think I wouldn't be talking to you right yeah, now. I you know. Really don't break kayfabe, man. Yeah, I know. Break no. kayfabe. Next thing you know, there's going to be a dark, si a dark Side of the Ring episode on Joe Miggs and uh, <laughs> Jake King. Oh, um, man. Like, yeah, AE, the, the, the fucking fucked up shit that goes on backstage with AEW. Um Nah, man, it, it was cool, you know, like, uh, you know, we're like, all right, let's do this. So, like, you know, the, the skit was, you know, I want to be in the inner circle. The inner circle is no more. For anybody that's not into wrestling or AEW, there's a crew called the inner circle. Jake's in it with Chris Jericho and a couple other guys. They're, they broke up recently. But I'm, like, pretending I'm some, you know, wannabe fan. And, like, yo, I want to be in the inner circle and blah, blah, blah. So, Jake's playing the game. He's like, yeah, you want to be it? Yeah, all right, do me a favor. Get me a cup of coffee, you know. I'll get him a cup of coffee. Do me a favor, you know, let me get some free tickets to that bare knuckle event. All right, here's your tickets, you know. You know, uh, yo, we need a hotel room to stay in. I'm like, yo, I got a hotel, you know, I got a room. All right, cool. Then they jump in the room and slam the door in my face, and I'm left out, you know. <laughs> so it was like kind of just going to kind of be that kind of skit. But then we were doing the interview, and then I had the idea. I'm like, you know what? I have all the footage already. Let's do two interviews. Do like a regular interview, which I haven't dropped yet. And then we'll do like an interview of me in character, like asking you, hey, man, I got to put you on the spot. I did this for you. I did that for you. You know, what's the deal? And while I'm talking about the interview, I'm pulling up all the B-roll and shit. So it gives people an idea what the hell we're talking about. So anyway, uh, I'm like, you know, like, yo, we gotta, I got to, I'll take a bump. You know, I'll take a bump. I'll take a hit. You know, let's, what, what could we do? And his wife's crazy. She's like, gee, power bomb him in the bare knuckle ring. We'll do it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> Slow down for a second, all right? Slow down there, you know. I don't know about power bomb. This guy's six six. That's a long drop for me. And that ring's got that no. There's no give in that ring. I'm like, let's do something else, you know. So he's like, oh, let's, we'll do a punch. I was like, a punch is cool. So I so before we did it, you know, there was like people standing around, shit doing. They don't know what the fuck is going on. So I was like, all right. So what's the deal? Because I did like for fun when I was a little kid, backyard wrestling with my friends, like 13, yeah. 14, fucking around. So yeah, we used to. Yeah, bro. The fake punches, the chain matches we had, Royal Rumbles in my backyard. I mean, you name it, we did it. It was fun. So actually in high school, too, in Brooklyn, it was kind of funny. We had this thing called La Familia. It was just like a joke. It was like a bunch of kids and we pretended like we were mobsters and we would have we had like the, the FBI triangle, you know, like who was the boss, the underboss, the capos and the crew and all that shit somehow got into the, the hands of the dean of the school. So it was hilarious because the name of it was La Familia. So the, 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 they did the announcements and uh, it was like the president of the school or somebody, they were like, well, La Familia report to the dean's office. And they just started <laughs> rounding off everybody's names. And they legitimately thought, we were like 15 years old, they legitimately they thought we had some like 
operation going on in the school. We're like, it's a fucking joke. Like, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. It was a lot of Italians. That was a funny yeah. thing to do, you know? You were selling Lucy's and uh, fake IDs. So, to all. <laughs> I was actually, you know what? I, I used to, I, I was in so much trouble in fucking high school. I used to sell, I used to sell guidance counselor passes to get kids out of class. So what I did was I, me and my buddy, Donnie, we would go down to the guidance counselor's office and be like, Yo, you know, we're really nervous. We got this exam coming up and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the, the guidance counselor would be like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you know, just trying to coach us through it. So we were going down. It was like a twice a week thing. It got cool with the guidance counselor, Mr. Valentino. I'll never forget this guy. So he always used to like to smoke these fucking Virginia Slims. So he would always step oh, out. Like he knew, like he knew that we were just fucking around at one point. Like he never said anything, but you could tell because like he would get up and walk out, let us bullshit around in the guidance office. He'd go smoke a cigarette, make a phone call. So I noticed in his in his desk, he always would pull the drawer out and give us a pass to get out of class. So he goes out for a cigarette. First thing I do, I go right in his desk, and there was a stack, like stacks, <laughs> multiple stacks of these things. So I grab a stack. And I'm like, I'll sell them for a few bucks, you know, just for fun. And yo, you want to, yo, you want to get out of class? Two bucks, three bucks, whatever it was. You want to get out of class? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. So, but I'm a kid. I'm not thinking of what the what ifs. I'm just like, oh, this is fun. All of a sudden, like they start figuring out, like, you know, how many kids are going to guidance all of a sudden? This is crazy. All these kids are they're leaving the last period of the day coincidentally. So I end up getting in trouble for that, you know. So like, it was always some stupid shit I was doing just to, to fuck around past the time in school, you know. That's that's funny because I have a similar story, but I didn't sell them. I just kind of gave them away because I was in a uh, graphic arts and communications, which was uh, my vocational class. And really, we, we now you really doesn't have a use for it because everything's high tech. But we used to run like old school printing presses and stuff. So you had to get all the chemicals and you had to design stuff and print out newspapers and everything. So what? the class was actually tasked with everything in the school. So if any teachers needed tests and this and that, they would go and that would be like part of it. It was kind of like work. So you'd have to do that. So we printed out the passes, like the hall passes. And we put like the, you know, you put the glue on the end of it and shit like that. So we had stacks of these fucking passes. I used to just give them out to everybody. Just here you go. Passes. passes oh, what a nice life. guy, bro. I would have I loved you in school, man. I would have like, yeah, bring a few this way too. That's See, dude, I, I did I did something too in uh I, I we'll get back on something, but it's a funny story too, because I was such a delinquent when I was a kid. Like even in, in middle school, in junior high, we called it in Brooklyn, but like well, we had this science teacher, she missing parada. She came in like like a like a buzzsaw. Like all of a sudden, like science was very hard now because she was a tough teacher. Everybody, even the geniuses in the class were getting like 70s, you know. So it was serious. So and I was, you know, whatever in school. So any chance I could get to figure out a little scam to, to get ahead, I did. And I joined CCD. And for people that don't know what CCD is, usually the Northeasterns do, but it's basically like you went to public school and then you would get a, a bus ride to Catholic school to learn, you know, uh, the Catholic religion, basically. That's what, that's what CCD was. So mm -hmm. I went to a Catholic school. I volunteered to be a hall monitor for the simple reason. I knew I had access to the classrooms before the kids and the teachers would come up. So I figured if I go in this this teacher's desk, I could see if I could find the t the key to the test, and I fucking did. It worked perfectly. <laughs> I was like, "This is great." And I stopped. So, but but Mike, uh, uh, the funny thing about what you just said was I did the same thing. It was the seventh grade, 
and I got all the answers for the tests, like all of them. And and I would give them out to all my friends, to everyone, literally the whole Every, place. Everyone's getting a hundred in the class. Like, the, the, the kids that were the kids that were getting fifteens and twenty fours on the exams a week later, they were Einstein. Like it was it was crazy. <laughs> it was it was like I ended up getting caught for that. But you know what? It was a lot of fun. When I look back, I laugh, bro. I it's just I, I didn't care when I was a kid, you know. So Joe, I gotta ask you something before I, I want to bring up something fight related real quick, but cool. Did you ever refer to your teacher's Virginia Slims as vagina slimes? <laughs> no, that's a good one, bro. Because that was a thing that we called, uh, a, my friend's mom used to smoke them. We'd be like, ah, oh, she's out oh. there with the vagina slimes again. <laughs> <laughs> you ever notice, like, though, anybody that smokes a Virginia Slim specifically, and it's not even a hard cigarette, but it's like, hey, how you doing? That's because they go light. Yeah, they're like nine yeah. inches long. It's fucking great. It's like drinking light beer instead of beer. Uh, you know, it's like healthy. It's healthy for you. When yeah. I first saw, saw them, I was like, it's like a, a freaking pin roll joint. Like it's so crazy looking. It's yeah. Like, never hey, seen so, a cigarette so, like that. So we have a champion. So, we have a champion in the comment section right now. It's asking. Yes. I'm surprised nobody's talking about the what I did to Joe Riggs. Have you ever seen a cleaner combination ever? And then he says, uh, says right here. There were 600 articles about the tomato and only six articles about the KO. <laughs> Broken rib, busted eardrum. I should be meeting it myself. Oh, I already do. Let's talk about that. Talk a little bit about Lorenzo and Joe's fight. And then and then maybe, like, what's your opinion on that with the media? The media, it, it, that right there kind of proves, you know, like, this is, yeah, this is where we're at with media. You know, and, and that's the fucking problem with social media, especially because, you know, everybody, everybody's all of a sudden writing articles about shit, you know, but everybody, the, the, the problem with the media is that they pay attention too much to bullshit. Like, yeah, all right, I get it. The tomato bit, it was, it, it was funny, you know, obviously Joe Riggs didn't think it was funny, but you know, people that are watching this thing are laughing, it's entertainment, you know, and obviously Lorenzo knows, you know, and I think a lot of people got the bad impression of Lorenzo because Lorenzo's a very good dude very respectful yeah. guy but lorenzo's also he's a doing showman. his thing he, he's yes he's a show but he's also doing his thing you know he's mm -hmm. he's getting people to tune in you know and that's you know not everybody's built for that and it's you know totally understandable but that's what he's doing so am i surprised that there was like you know hundreds of art no i'm not i'm not surprised because that's what the media does they go after bullshit you know what i mean who right. won the oscar award will smith right what were they talking about his right. performance or right. him slapping chris rock it's all yeah. bullshit, you know? So it was a great combo, by the way, champ. Absolutely. And, and we're going to find out what happened. I talked to Dude, Lorenzo a like couple the... weeks ago. He wants Gustavo. That's the fight. You know, everybody wants to see that fight. Oh, hell yeah. It was yeah. the quickest boom, 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 boom you ever seen. Three shots to the body, two to the head. It was fucking unbelievable. I had to watch like, the replay to see the it last was like shot because I never Mickey saw it land. Wood, bro. It was like <laughs> Mickey Wood, head body, Irish, head body. Irish. <laughs> Irish Mickey Wood. I'll tell you, he's. I uh, actually met him and Dickie Eklund in the casino up here. It was pretty cool. Oh, you lucky bastard. Yeah, I, I would know, love to I meet to those work, guys. I used to work at the Mohegan Sun, and we used to get a lot of – they used to have a lot of fights in the Mohegan Sun, so a lot of guys used to come into the restaurant that I worked at, and I met a whole fucking – I could sit here and tell you a million fucking names of people that came through, but oh, wow. that was one – they they came in like literally like a month after the fighter came out in the theaters, and they great came movie. in. Yeah, great movie. 
if you haven't seen it, everybody should go watch that. It's it's oh, fucking fuck. great. I, I may watch it right now that you brought it up. But uh, but Dicky Eckman, man, you know how they depict him in the movie, like this skinny crackhead, crackhead jumping out of the fucking, fucking window into the dumpster, yeah, what? jumping in the garbage bags and shit. He um, man, he was super like when they're like, yo, and Mickey Ward walks in, and I'm like, who's he with? And, and they're like, that's Dicky, and I'm like, holy shit, he was healthy as a fucking horse. He looked great. I'm. And they were nice. If you watch, if you watch, uh, and, and they did some stuff like behind the scenes with the movie, and they show Mickey and Dicky, you know, there, you know, on set and stuff. He he looked good. He looked good. Definitely not like cracked out like like the way you saw Christian Bale. Dude, um, I don't know which. That's my sister right there in the comments says there was. Oh, one what's up? Year- this says there was one UFC fighter that died falling off the escalator. I don't remember that shit, but I will oh, tell you this. I'm going to tell you a funny story. So back in the day, Andre Arlovsky was defending his heavyweight UFC title against someone at the Mohegan Sun Arena. And Tim Sylvia was there, right? The day before the fight, uh, they had finished all the weigh-ins and all that shit. And I'm working in the restaurant. And fucking uh, Tim Sylvia's crew comes in and they sit down at this table, a big table. And I see Andre Olofsky and his crew like 10 minutes later up at the up at the hostess desk. And now these hosts don't know anything. So I fucking scurry up there and I'm like, hey, these guys are with those guys over there. So just sit them at table 33 right next to them. And I fucking, oh, so, oh, oh, I fucking scurry, I, so, you know, I fucking hustle back to the runner station oh, no. and I'm like, guys, watch this shit. I'm like, something's going to happen here. This is going to be great. Not 30 seconds goes by when they're at table 33, they're at table 20 and table 33 sit like this. All of a sudden, Sylvia and Orlovsky are up. They're in each other's face. People are pulling in each other. Part. I'm, I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, one of these fucking dudes is going through that plate glass window. I cannot fucking wait. It was a big thing. They ended wow. up having to separate them. Neither one of them left the restaurant. They just sat uh, Orlovsky and his crew like at the other end of the fucking restaurant. You fucking troublemaking yeah. bastard. Uh, and then the hostess what comes What a troublemaker. Over. It's a real she, she, she came into the fucking back running station. She's like, you fucking asshole. You knew that shit was going to happen, didn't you? I was like, of course I knew. That would have been the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. You're like the guy that lights the match and walks away. A fucking blazing fire behind you. Yeah, it was, was great. fucking great. Hey, so can you tell us yeah. anything about your uh, your Netflix series? People in the comments that we're asking. Is, yeah, is sure. Anything? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so basically, I got a, I got approached. So, just a quick, quick, quick little backstory. I got into acting when I was twenty three. I started doing like commercials and TV shows and movies and stuff like that. Probably would never see me in any of them because I got to point out where I'm at and stuff like that. It was a lot of extra work, but. I ended up getting some union jobs too, you know, student films and University of Miami and stuff like that, web series and um, pilots for TV shows and stuff that unfortunately didn't go anywhere. But uh, I ended up getting into the Screen Actors Guild in 2011. I ha- I've done a few things here and there, but the, the problem with it is that like in acting, it's a, it's a nine to five Monday to Friday thing. You know what I mean? So like, it's hard to like leave your day job, go fly down to Miami, do an audition, come back. It's just very taxing. So I just kind of am my own agent, and if I talk to people, network, and then if things come up, I ask, you know, what else? You don't ask, it's a no. So a friend of mine approached me, and uh, Sharon Pfeiffer, she's super talented. She wrote a, a, a TV series. It's five seasons, 10 episodes each season, 
and it's a, a comedy of uh, Italians that are in the mob from Brooklyn, whom the Elias under a Jewish family in Boca Raton, Florida, and now they're the Greenblatts, and they're Italians from Brooklyn now pretending to be Jewish in Florida, and the mobs look, you know, the mafia is looking for them. The FBI is on top of them. You know, it's a whole thing. There's a lot of different things going on. So there's some seriousness to it, but it's mainly comedy. And uh, I was asked to be one of the gangsters in the crew, in the family. So. Um, yes, your, your, uh, your phone or something, man. Having a little issues here. Let's get Joe Miggs back on here. I got to find out about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to ruin his, uh. His release here, he's, he's, he's speaking about his show. <clears throat> we'll have to get him back in here in a second. I was trying to look up the casino fall. Uh, I found some stuff, but I found a woman who died uh, falling yeah. off an escalator. I have not found anything about a man or a fighter. I mean, she didn't I don't, say it was a man. I don't think that is correct, to be honest with you, not to, to tell you tell you that you're wrong, Megan, but I don't think that happened. I do. I think... Somebody fell, but dude, there was a there was a fucking uh, fight, um, in the Mohegan Sun Casino that started in Ultra Eighty Eight, uh, which is a nightclub in there. Yeah, poured out of the club, went, and now there's two escalators down both ends. So if you leave the club and you go right and you go left, you can make it to an escalator on both sides. So they throw everybody out, and the the two parties go this way. They go down the escalators and they meet up downstairs. And someone got thrown through a fucking window in one of the stores downstairs at Mohegan Sun. It was like one of the craziest shits ever. It was fucking nuts. Dude. And then there was fucking... a stabbing. Then there was a stabbing, and the dude like threw in threw the knife in like the garbage can, took his hoodie off, threw it in the garbage can, took off, and they were looking for that motherfucker too. I'll tell you Crazy. what, Providence Place Mall has some crazy escalators in it. You know how <laughs> high that fucking shit? That's like five stories of escalators, and they're not like short floors. They're like double floors. So you're really falling down like way farther than that. You might be falling down like eight floors or something for some nah, of them. It's, no it's bueno. crazy. Hey, let's get this guy back in here so we can hear about it. He had everybody, he had everybody intrigued about what the fuck this goddamn show is. Yeah, and then yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. the, the, the man shut his Wi-Fi off. Hold on. Here he is. I did it. I did it on purpose, just so you know, because you gotta get, you gotta keep the people's attention. <laughs> but listen, listen. No, and also, I don't know what the fuck happened. I had a reboot, but uh, no. It looks I, like I they found you. Name. They found. They yeah, found the. <laughs> the feds. The feds tapped in. I mentioned yeah. their name. Boop. See you later. Actually, it was funny. You're talking about escalators, man. Escalators are dangerous. You saw Cobra Kai. You saw what happened to that kid. Oh yeah. You gotta yeah. be careful with that shit, bro. That's right. Listen. Listen, uh, so yeah, where I left off, I think I was talking about, uh, so I got, it was, you know, this is the, the premise of the show. So um, it's, it's, it's currently being shopped, uh, the interested parties, Netflix, HBO Max, Paramount, there's a bunch of them that are looking at this actively. Five seasons already been written out, so it, it's all there, you know. These people in Hollywood, you know. Who knows? You know, it takes time and, and we'll see what happens. You know, that's all I could, that's all I got for that. Oh, but, man. But dude, the way listen, I wish, I wish I can't, you know, I can't wait to, to, you know, tell everybody like, yo, this is the day it's coming out. You know, like that would be great. So you, know? you had once said that it was kind of like a, a Sopranos meets analyze this, right? Yeah, that's pretty much where but, we're at. Yeah. But no no uh no therapists involved, right? 
I, I I don't know. I didn't read all the seasons. You know, I only <laughs> I only saw like you know the first the pilot episode. Honestly, that that I filmed. You know, we filmed yep. the pilot episode. It was really cool. You know, I'm in the in the social club in Brooklyn with the gangsters. You know, cigars are fucking being smoked, cigs, drinks. You know, they're looking for this guy. He 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 left town. They don't know where he went. They're like, where the fuck is he? We got busted last week. He got he made bail. He's gone now. Is he a rat? You know, they're trying to like piece everything together and figure out what's going on. So, you know, I'm in that crew, and now I got to do a, a sit down with a priest because the priest is a friggin' degenerate gambler. He's into the mob for money. So I got to get information out of this guy. I got to have a sit down with a, a friggin', you know, bootleg fucking priest, you know, and be like, you know, I'm like, what the, you know, I got to sit down with him. Like, yo, what the fuck is your problem? You are, you're trying to fucking shake me down and tell you that uh, you're going to wipe my debts clean because you know where this guy's at? I don't think so. I'm in charge over here. I tell you what's what's what, you know? And then I get I get it out of the guy, you know? I get I'm like, yo, you tell me, where's this fucking guy at? And then we'll talk about your debt. But first you tell me where this guy's at, you know? And then, like, the priest will find out the information. He gives it back to me. I go report back to La Familia and the boss, and now all of a sudden, the, the gangsters are going to Florida. We're going to go look for this motherfucker. And that's like, and now like the, that's the show. It's always like they're one step behind. And, yeah. You know, it's, but you think they're going to get there and get it. You know, so it's always that little cat and mouse game mixed in with comedy. So it's right. really, really very well written. A really cool idea. We've seen some stuff like this before, but this has got its own twist to it. So I, I, I that's why I keep saying, I'm not just saying it because like I'm a part of it, but. Yeah, when this shit drops, it's gonna be the most talked about TV series. Period. So the so read good. last night went well. So yes, we. So now they they wrote a stage play for it as well. So now it's uh you know they're like hey listen this is a this is good you know these Hollywood producers whoever they're dealing with these producers they they're saying this is good have you ever considered doing this as a pl a play as well because it's a lot of good comedy in there and I think people like it so they wrote a, a separate stage play for this story as well. So I, you know, Sharon came to me. She's like, "Have you done stage?" I said, I'm, "I said, yeah, I, I was uh, the King and I. I did on, on stage, uh, reenacted that. I was six years old in the first grade. That was the last time I did something on stage." So <laughs> I said, old. "But you know, listen, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, I once played a years tree. Out. <laughs> yeah. I was in the background. I moved a little bit. A you know, when the wind was blowing, the leaves were, you know. So, <laughs> so the dog pissed on me, and that was it. So." I, uh, I I said, yeah, what the fuck, why not? But it was just, it's a stage read. So basically what we did last night, we were at, a, uh, they call them micro theaters. So it's about 70 people, tops that go there. And all these people that were there were producers, agents, shit like that, that are involved in this industry to, with questionnaires. Everybody had a questionnaire in hand. And basically they watched us read through this whole play. 45 minutes, 15 minute break, another 45, we wrap. And then they fill out all these anonymous questionnaires and they basically like yo did you like it what could we have done different blah 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 how awesome was that guy joe miggs he's fucking amazing right yes your <laughs> options are yes great really great amazing unbelievable i want my daughter to sleep with him like those are the options for me so really nice to them by the way but now in all seriousness it was it was uh it was a good experience so who yeah. knows it, it may be on broadway too bro that's fucking all. Hey, when you I may uh, be kicking with the Rockettes out there. Hey, when you auditioned for the show, if you had to audition, did they say, man, you're a fucking natural? How'd you get so good at playing a monster? You were like, uh, I just go to Sunday dinner every day, every every week with my family and uh, watch a little surprise. I'm, 
<laughs> I'm my father's son. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, you know, we just bullshit now. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm not doing interviews now. You know, I always try to be professional on my interviews. I, I really do. I always want to give my best to whoever I have on my podcast and give them all the respect. And I always try to keep my bullshit to the lit, you know, to a certain limit. But now we could kick it here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Joe, Joe Ivy, you have the same name. She says free ticks for everybody on your friend list. Hey, wow, a lot. Joe, All right, listen, you hey, have the same know. name. That's neat. <laughs> Holy shit, put me on the spot. All right, we'll see what happens. I can zoom. Maybe we could put a zoom together. You can watch it on Zoom. You know, hey, you yeah, know, where's GoPro? Joe, this is different. Yeah, we can go pro. <laughs> this is different for us too. Like you, you always keep a professional. Mike and I usually do just strictly puff pieces. You know what I'm saying? Right, hey, no, and that's great about you. That's great about you guys. Fuck off. You guys. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I like about your your show is you, you guys have got a great chemistry with each other. You're chilling. You're bullshitting. You get getting your interviews in. I, I really like it, man. It's it, I dig it, bro. I'm, my mind's totally different. I'm a one man fucking show. I'm just, you know, doing my thing, but I really like what you guys do. Thanks, and, Joe. And, and you saw it down in Orlando. We're completely different in person than we are on here. That's yeah, I think, I think everybody is, you know, social, you know how it, bro, we were chilling, having drinks. My man, my man, Kyle's walking around with a fucking fanny pack. I'm like, what's this guy doing with a fanny pack? <laughs> Next thing you know, he opens it up. There's like 20 fucking uh, nipper bottles in there. I'm like, he's like, what do you want? I got Bacardi. It was, it was, what was it? Fucking Cinco de Mayo? Yeah, yeah Cinco de Mayo. I said, Cinco de Mayo. Get your hand in there. Oh, idiots. It wasn't really yeah. Cinco de Mayo. It was Cinco de Seis or whatever. It was Seis de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Seis de Mayo? <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Cinco de Seis. I'd, I'd open it up and be like, all right, get your hand in there and get something. Let's go. I don't oh, know what shit. I was thinking. I was staying at that hotel. I should have grabbed like four bottles of you back yeah <laughs> they went quick man we come up with great yeah. ideas and then we don't when then we like you know when you come up with so many ideas you want to do all these different things and then like we forget to do half of them and when we finally remember we've got like 10 minutes to do all of them well, story of my that's, life that's basically what happened to us but we didn't like we were like oh we'll just give all these out it's Cinco de Mayo you know we'll, we'll talk to somebody do an interview do this do that but obviously we can't give the fighters the alcohol because they were cutting weight or they were doing you know so we we're like yeah we'll give them to everybody else we didn't go away one fucking shot that day I don't think <laughs> That's what hey you did good you did good after the event though yeah man that was a great I night. saw that I saw that fanny pack was empty pretty quick yeah hey hey Joe do you remember the dude the big dude with the beard that said he was yeah. from the Black Sillians Yes. Do you, do you remember his name? No. If you do, you could say, uh, neither do me and Mike. Fuck, yep. man. I totally forgot. <laughs> cool guy. Right. Cool guy. No, he, cool guy. he, he, was, nice he guy. was legit. He, he knew, you know, Anthony Rumble is a good buddy of mine. He's actually my one of my neighbors, you know, I'm not telling you anybody where I live. But um, <laughs> he's Anthony's a great guy. He's He's been he, he's been through a lot. You know, he's coming back. So thank God. For that happy he's he's healthy would you and, like uh, to see him lay that hammer down but yeah that, that dude bare knuckle? oh my god he won't do it he won't do it <sighs> i asked him a million times he's like ah, nah, nah, not for me all right brother he's well, got to keep that face handsome bro you know what i'm saying he's got movies to do we are going to do a speed round with joe miggs how do you feel about that oh shit. yeah yeah Let's go, bro hold on hold on hold on hold on take, not yet take a, take a sip of your tito's we now we can go. Here we go. Speed round with the man, Joe Miggs. Number one, if you became a pro wrestler, 
Would you be a heel or a face? And what would your finishing move be? Got it all mapped out already. So a lot of people tell me I look like Shane McMahon, right? So what I would do, I would go over to AEW and be like, listen, I'm the bastard son of a billionaire with another wrestling organization. (laughs) It so happens my brother's name is Shane and my sister's name is Stephanie. And I'm going to come in as just a fucking straight up, like, first I want people to feel sorry for me because I'm a bastard that got left to the curb. I'm poor. You know, I got nothing. And I want, and I, I just want to get abused by everybody. Just and the fans just feel bad for me. And then I rise up and I become a baby face and I win and win and people are loving me. And then just when they love me, I spit right in their face and become a heel. I just fucking fuck with everybody, piss everybody off, cheat as much as I can to win. That's what I would do. There you that go. would be my wrestling character. You got a finishing move? The gabagoo, bro. Kicking the nuts, <laughs> backhand to the face, spit in the eyeball, pin him. One, two, three. <laughs> All right, number two. Mike. Okay, number two. What's your favorite line for The Sopranos and who said it? Fucking hey, Tony Soprano, of course. It's you know, the Russian, bro. He's sitting with the, he's in bed with the Russian girlfriend of his, and she goes, you need to read tomato soup for your soul. He goes, tomato soup for the soul. He goes, you should try tomato sauce for your ass. It's the Italian version. <laughs> My favorite yeah. line. I love that. Shit. I fucking love it. There's so many good lines. Dude, I love the Richie April line where when Tony's like, I thought I told you to back off a of beansy. And he goes, I did. And then I put it in drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's goes, the, oh, you think jacket. It's the jacket. Cocksucker had the hottest reputation in Essex County, but he never came back around here when I got done with him. When I got true federal agents, federal agents are so far up my ass I could taste brokering. <laughs> Uncle Junior, love it. Oh, All right, funny story. So I'm going to tell you something about that. So Steve Sharippa, who played Bobby Bacala on The Sopranos, is from the same neighborhood in, in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, that I'm from. That I grew up in. He, his parish was the the baseball team that I played for, St. Francis Cabrini. So he wrote a book and I read his book and he told me the scene, the Pine Barrens episode, which you guys coincidentally talked about the other day, which is, yes, I agree, the greatest episode in television, period. Fucking amazing. So for that episode, here's a little behind the scenes shit you may or may not know. So do you remember the part when they're in the kitchen and Uncle Junior's telling Tony, yeah, he's fucking, I got to go see these guys. Bobby's going to come with me. We're going to go find Paulie and Christopher. When Bobby walks into the kitchen, do you remember how he was dressed? With the hunting suit on, with the Four. orange, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Tony's reaction to that? He was keeled over on the counter laughing at him. Laughing, right? Hilarious, right? He's like, this fucking guy, we're just going to look for two Mama Lukes in the woods. He's dressed in fatigues <laughs> like he's going to war. The funny part about that was the reason why Tony laughed the way he did was really not because the way Bobby was dressed, although that's how they made it look on, on television. They didn't, they didn't tell him he was going to be like He that. had a strap-on dildo on. Uh, <laughs> so when Bobby walked out from the waist up, he's all good. But down below, he's got a strap on dildo. Tony had no idea. Gandolfini had no idea this was happening. So they wanted to catch his natural reaction, his natural laugh. And he, that's why he killed over and busted out laughing because Bobby oh, that's was fucking fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, oh, that well, that that episode probably has one of the best lines ever. When when Tony says, "I'm going to talk fast. I got a bad connection, so I'm going to talk oh. fast." He's a he was a he was with the Interior Ministry. And uh, took out 16 Chechen rebels single-handed with some sort of commando. And then they get off the phone and Paulie goes, Chrissy, you're never going to believe this. The guy was a 
Guy was a fucking interior decorator. Killed 16 <laughs> Czechoslovakians. <laughs> but his house looked like shit. Yeah, his house looked like shit. <laughs> oh, dude, I feel like we could do that forever. Dude, we should do it just a Sopranos fucking run through one night. I'll fucking, I'll, I'll quote him with you all night. Oh, that's, that's, I'm up for it any day of the week. Here we go. Oh, Number yeah. three for you. Were you a Hulkamaniac? Yeah. Can you name his, how much of a Hulkamaniac are you? Can you name his ex-wife, his former pop star daughter, or his jailbird son? What were the names? The wife was, the ex-wife was Linda. Yep. The daughter was Brooke Hogan. She's hot. Yep. Yeah. And the son was Nick Hogan. He killed, he killed that kid. Fucking guy knows his Hulks. He knows his Hogan's, that's for sure. What you gonna do, brother? <laughs> All right, number four. What actor would play Quentin Henry in a movie about his life? <laughs> oh, yeah, this is supposed to be that, for him. That's a good one. All right. What actor would play Quentin Henry in a movie about his life? Yeah, Quentin's a, a big dude. Uh, if I had to pick somebody, I, I'd have to go with the guy. I don't. I forget his name. Joe something, the Hawaiian dude that played Aquaman. Jason Momoa. He could. He yeah, he could do it. Okay. And your last question, you're frozen on the screen, by the way, but we can still hear you crystal, crystal clear. Okay. All right. Name the three most, let's say, Italian. What's the three most Italian things you own? Well, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you both then, since you asked. But I'm gonna give you the three most American. Nice. I own my birthday. I own it, right? We all own our birthday. My birthday is July 4th. Oh, so that's shit. American as it gets. Bro. Yeah. All right. So that's one. Uh two, I definitely have American flag trunks swim trunks it's pretty fucking american right there and i would say the last american thing that i have is uh shit probably the fact that i got uh newsmax is my uh my news app on my on my tv that's pretty american that is <laughs> oh man i was gonna say maybe that goddamn hat that you're wearing right now hey how you doing <laughs> what are the three most italian things you want Oh my God, we could go all night. I'll give you 300 if you want, but I'll give you three. Um, I got a cross hanging over my front door when you walk in. That's pretty Italian right there, hands down. Uh, half of my fucking wardrobe's Italian. I got Italian flags. I got the fucking hand gesture. You got the um, Naki shirt. Gotta have that, bro. You know, that's a that's a 100 right there. I got a, I got a velour suit. That's pretty Italian. Yeah. I got in my, I swear to God, I got in my, in my, fr I think I still got it in my fridge. Roasted red peppers is always on deck in my fridge. Gotta have that. Always got cheese on deck. Parmesan cheese. Gotta make charcuterie boards, bro. Red wine. Are you kidding? Come on now. I'll go fuck it up. I go hey, all day, bro. I'll go anybody ever, uh, anybody ever touch one of your velour suits and say, what is that? Velvet? <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> oh man! Hey, hey, my, look at that. My wife pops in. She never watches the show. Here we go. Do you have plastic on your couch? Oh my, God. my grandmother did in Brooklyn. Actually, that's funny. Plastic <laughs> on the couch, man. The, the couch. worst was the summer. You don't want to sit on those plastic covers in the summer, man. Oh my your ass God. is sticking to that. You fall asleep <laughs> and you're stuck to it. Oh man, I, I tell you, man, I had some great memories growing up in Brooklyn. Where, my family, I mean, you know, a lot of, unfortunately, are gone now. But, man, a very Italian family. You know, my father, forget it. He, he's great. He's like, every Sunday was loaf of Italian bread. We used to go to the bakery in the morning. Yes. He'd get two loaves of Italian bread, one loaf for the table, one loaf for me and him on the way home. We'd be just nibbling on it. Yeah, it's just 
Just great times, man. I love the fucking bakery, man. I went the other day. Tomato plants in the backyard. Shit. Isn't the bakery the best? You know, when that's one thing that I feel like ah, everywhere I go, you know, I'm sure there are bakeries around and stuff. And and when I go down to see my in-laws, you know, they're Italian and, when we had our wedding, Steph and I down there, my in-laws, they found like the one Italian place around there, that bakery where they ordered all the food from. We had to drive like 35, 40 minutes to get there. But it's like, this is the best place, Mario's. It's the only place I get food from. You know, he'll drive, you know, my father-in-law will drive all the way over there to get this food. Man, I brought Brooklyn over there the other day. My daughter's name is Brooklyn. Oh, and wonderful. I brought her to Borelli's, which is over here. And, uh, you know, we go in. I'm like, oh, look around, get a cannoli, you know, get whatever. I love it, man. Pizza strips. Ah, oh, fuck, man. If people it's don't the know, best. these bakeries are the best. They, you know, it's, it's something about that, you know, the culture, that Northeastern, I don't know. There's really a lot of Italians settled up there, you know, and they just, it's the recipes and, you know, the, the whole lifestyle, you know, generation after generation, you know. And uh, I, haven't, I haven't been to, you know, where you guys are from, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know Federal Hills, huge Italian, yes. you know, Ray yes. Petriaca, you know, he was a, a wild gangster out there, very oh, well yeah. respected guys. So, yeah, you got, you know, you guys got that culture, too. You know, Our, you know, we, we had the bakery on every corner in Brooklyn, you know, I'm sure the same thing with you guys. But dude, you can't beat it. Like I come down here and I found some good bakeries here in Florida. But, man, there's nothing like back home, man. It's just different. The whole field. Like, even the Boston Cream Donuts are different. I remember my father used to go to this place in Coney Island called Cuccio's Bakery. Amazing. He'd come out. Oh, Dad, you got to get the Boston Cream Donuts. I love Boston Cream. It's my favorite donut. So, but these donuts, they were just different, man. I don't know what the fuck they did. Pixie dust on this shit. Yeah, I don't know what they the did. Water. It was so good. It's the water. Look at Susan Walker. The Rhode Island boys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, they cut their hair. I think you guys should grow it out and be the Rhode Island boys. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, um, Dick Dickelheimer is in the uh, in, in the in the comments saying you guys are you going to uh, the Colorado show? You guys heard they're going to be in Denver or just outside Denver, Colorado, in a few months. That that uh that would be a trip I'd be willing to take. I think. That would be cool. I've never been to Colorado. Neither have I. That would be been. really cool, man. They're, they're, I tell you, BKFC, you know, they're, they're going everywhere, man. Now London's in coming up. West. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're doing it, man. They're, they're really pushing it. You know, I, I like, I love it. I just love seeing the sport evolve. Uh, I just love, you know, I grew up a boxing fan, but when Bare Knuckle came out, I was like sold out for this shit, man. I just love you, it. You know, uh, obviously, you, you know, but for anybody that wasn't paying attention today, they made official the Connor Turney versus Joe Elmore. Well, and, I was and, just going to bring that up because Joe Elmore yeah. was on Joe's show tonight. Yep. Yes. And, we were talking yep. about it. That's right. Everyone go check that interview out. I'm going to have to watch that. Connor Turney versus Joe Elmore. And then Mick Terrell versus uh, Sam Shoemaker is going to make his return to the squared circle. He's been out a minute. Um, two huge fights. Two huge fights. And on top of those two fights, they're also going to have a Paige Van Zandt fight on there. They're going to have a uh, Tyler Goodjohn fight on there, a James Lilly fight on there. Holy shit, man. That shit. card is fucking stacked already. Just naming those names and I those like, two fights. And I like what they're doing with the card because you have your, 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 your homegrown guys, and then you, we're, going, we're going to London, England here, you know? So they got their, their, you know, their, their England guys that are fighting. So I like that. You know, it's going to keep the crowd electric. People are going to tune in for sure. It's going to be, you know, Britain, UK versus USA, you know, it's, it's I, I like what they're doing with this card. So, yeah. 
And I didn't know about Paige, so that's interesting. Do you know who she's going to fight? Any no. word on that? Um, I've heard if, Sagala possibly. No. The, the, little, the little bit of whisperings that I heard, and I will not tell you how solid it is, but I heard they're getting a local girl, uh, a British fighter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So all I don't, right. I mean, I'm, anybody can speculate all they want on that. I have no idea, but that's what I heard. And then as far as like James Lilly and Tyler Goodjohn, I have no idea what they're going to do with those guys. But let me throw this out to the two of you. Who would you want to see James Lilly fight at 155 pounds? And who would you want to see Tyler Goodjohn fight? Tyler Goodjohn versus John Lee Chalbeck is one that. I would want yeah, to see. John wants to come up to 150. He said he would come up to 155 for that fight if the money was right. He'd definitely do it. Well, good John. Well, good, good John's gonna because I remember I, I spoke to good John. I was supposed to talk at the time. I was gonna ask him this question because I remember he was floating between 145 and 155. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if what, what he's decided that he's gonna fight at. So if he's 145, Charlback's already 45. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that very much. If it's 55, um you know, Chad Mendez would be kind of fun to see at 55. There, well, Big Ben was right on there. He says James Lilly versus Chad Mendez and Wembley. All right. Um, all right. How about Tom Schof? Tom Schof. Oh, Schof. Schof and, uh, yeah, great. Schof and, uh, and Lilly and at Good John at 145 would be great. 145. Well, 55, you know, either one. I know they'll fight at both. 155, yeah. too, right. I think Schof, you think Schof is, is, I think he's a little too big for 145. No, Tom Schof, he's he's fought all his fights 155 to 165. So 145, I don't know. Maybe he can, but I think Schof Lily at 155. Good John Chalback 145. I, I I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I'd mm-hmm. like to see Men. I would like to see Mendez get a challenge. One thing that I, I I would hate to see is that him get a title shot right out the gate after this, you know, Palomino. You know, I know Palomino's got to fight Brito. If, he's, if Mendez stays at 155, which I pretty much think that's where he's going to be, Palomino obviously can still defend the title, win or lose. So, but I would hate, I, I would just because of the guy, I, you know, I've been following BKFC since the eighth show, like covering them, you know, and I would hate to see the home, homegrown guys lose out, you know, like we saw with Ricky, you know, Ricky's not, from what I've heard, he's not getting a, a fight, you know, and that sucks. He's 4 0 in that division. You know, he should be in title talks. You know, obviously, I don't know all the details that goes, you know, goes on behind the scenes. So, but as I'll just speak as a fan, I'm disappointed that he's not in talks because I like the, the guy's style. I like the fact that he battled cancer, came back, won. He ended up in a coma after a fight, battled yep. through that, had another fight. He's undefeated. I mean, there's so much about this guy. The Perry he's such story. Such a fucking beast. The Perry story. Yeah. And, you know, Perry is going to most likely fight Yuli. You know, that's what we're looking at. You'll probably see that announcement soon. But that's, you know, the writing's on the wall. You know, I don't think it takes so, a rocket science to figure that one out. With that with that right there, Joe, and Francisco Ricky out there, what about a Jomi versus Ricky fight? Jomi Escoboza. Uh, yeah, Jomi's, I mean. Jomi's what, 8-0 or 7-0? So he's fighting – that depends. I mean, Joe, Jomi said he wants to go for the 85 unless he wants to drop down right. to 75. He, 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 told, he told us that he would drop to 175 and fight oh. that division as well. 
So I'm saying uh, if, if Yuli yeah. and Perry are already going to be paired up, that takes the Perry-Ricky uh, Ricky fight out. I mean, Jomi's always willing to fight. He's, he wants to fight a contender. And uh, if he was willing to drop to 175 and fight Francesco, that would be a hell of a fucking fight, I think. Look at Patrolman. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Patrolman, you got invited to this show, so you can go fuck yourself, my friend. <laughs> we know who you are. Who is? Actually, I found out who Patrolman is, and this is why I really wanted to come on. I wanted to announce this publicly. <laughs> yes. Saw his phone. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I have no idea. I like that it's a mystery, though. I hope it stays. It a is mystery. nice. I hope he never gets unveiled. You know, I, so I'll keep keep talking your shit, man. <laughs> hey, so it's funny. We'll, we'll wrap we'll wrap this up right here. Yep. Um, with the the comment that Big Ben said, you Joe, you had said I like what they're doing, mashing up UK versus the USA over in London. If they did do this right here with Shoemaker and Terrell and and Elmore versus, they just stacked the entire card with an American fighter versus Page versus a British girl. You know what I mean? That hell yeah, that's that, great, great marketing. I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll ever see Perry and Good John though, bro. They're, they're, they're like way, way different and weight. Yeah, but maybe in a street fight. But 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 Good John, Shof, good like Lily Mendez, Good John Shof, mm-hmm. Terrell Sho- Shoemaker, and Elmore. Good John and Shof have been talking about fighting for a long time, long awesome. time. It would be great, you know. I hope they, you know, it looks like the basis of this card is USA versus UK. I love it, love it. Love perfect, it perfectly done. Perfectly done. All right, man. Well, hey, Mike, why don't we let this guy go? Have another Tito's. Have a good time. You know he lives a good life. Joe, are you going to be at the June 24th Fort Lauderdale card? I hope so. Listen, I'm not going to bother anybody on that card. <laughs> I'll lay low that card. I won't get in anybody's way. I'll be good. I'll watch the fights, nice and calm. I won't bother anybody. Uh, yes, I would like to be there. I hope I hope I could be there. I think there it would go. be great. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. A lot of big things going on over there. Uh, it's going to be great, man. I hope, and I'm sure you guys are going to be there. So I, you know, I'll see you guys out there. But yeah, bro. Yo, first of all, thanks for having me. Shout out to you guys because you guys came on the scene and. Boom, consistent, working hard, constantly thinking of new ideas. Uh, I really appreciate people like that because those are the kind of people I like to associate with, hardworking people that have a passion and are trying to be as successful as possible. You guys are doing a great job. Continue to do what you're doing. Don't fucking stop. Forge forward no matter what, man. So much respect to you guys. Thank you for having me. Just shoot the shit and, and have some fun tonight, man. Have a great time. All right, brother. Yeah, You're welcome anytime. And uh, maybe we'll do a little three stew nods down there instead of three stooges, like somebody said in the comments over there. Why do we need? Hey, <laughs> listen. They they just hating because they can't be up in the lights, bro. We got lights flashing back here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but listen, we'll do a skit, man. We should do a skit. We will get the boys together. I'll get the 100%. whole crew together. Yeah, I got one in. dropping. I got one dropping tomorrow. OTB. When the, when when people go to the OTB and how they act for those people in the chat that don't know. Off track betting, betting on racehorses. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> I can't wait. Right, I love man. those. Oh, yeah. 
Thank hey, you guys. I appreciate everybody it. Everybody go follow him. His uh, social medias are at the bottom. You can get all his skits on the TikTok and Instagram. Uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. You're welcome anytime. God bless, guys. Thank you. Later, brother. Later. Later. There he is. That guy's fun as fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he came in in a clinch. You know, we asked him, hey, can you come on here and save our ass? And he was like, I will do it. Yeah. He was in the middle of he was in the middle of recording a skit and he stopped it to come on here and chit chat for a little bit. So that is awesome. Uh yeah, awesome show. Um, huge shout out to Sawyer DP coming on here. He uh he's definitely a force to be reckoned with on in the 185 to 205 range. Like this will be his fourth fight in eight months, dude. That's fucking nuts. And for everyone that's like, oh, you know, a lot of people that we talk to about this sport, they say, um, yeah, but bare knuckle fighting, you, you can't fight that often. You you probably get a lot of injuries. You got you probably take a you know, not well, not if you know what you're fucking doing in there. And mm -hmm. like, you know, what I mean, he he's pretty much come out of there pretty unscathed every single time he goes out. Even against Yuli, he got the stitches. The, the Yuli that, one, this the one, yeah, yeah. He got he got stitches under his eye and like I think up here. He said up here. He was back quick though. I feel like it was but, pretty fast. Pretty fast. Yeah, I don't even. That was in February, and he was back again in April, right? And now he's back again in June. It's crazy. It, yeah. That's a it's that's awesome. a that's a Britain Beltran pace he's on right now, and uh, you know, we all know what kind of monster fucking Quentin Henry is. If if Sawyer, you know, pulls off a victory against a guy like Quentin, my goodness, what a fucking eight month stretch he'd have. Oh yeah, that would be very good for his career. Very good. So, yeah. yeah, man. Well, Mikey's got to get up at uh, approximately Very early. four o'clock in the morning or some mm -hmm. crazy shit like About that. Five and a half hours or something like that. Mikey's going to go up to some range and play pew, pew, fucking pew, pew, arm, pew, pew. Pew, pew, army I, games. I just shoot bullets that are about this big. Mm -hmm. Really, I'm not. I, I will probably shoot some, but really, I'm not there to shoot. I'm there to, to run it. Run the show, one, one run one of the shows, but there'll be grenade launchers, fifty caliber machine guns, two four nines, all that good stuff, all machine gun stuff. Yeah, listen, look at look at Susan guns. Walker. Would either one of you do a BKFC fight just cause? Okay, let me just explain to you, Susan Walker, forty years old. All right, two bum shoulders, a bad back. By the way, the last two days, I barely can get off my floor. I threw my back out trying to pick up a fucking goddamn baseball coaching my kids team i have blown out my knee my ankle i'm just an old broken man maybe 15 years ago <laughs> <laughs> the only Not thing i think of today. is sometimes i see people who get tired really quickly and i know that this sport is a killer any kind of combat sport it it's like you got to have the best stamina like you have to do the best training the one thing that i am good at is last in a long time but uh, no, for real, I can run really far. I can run really fast. I, I that's the one thing. Like I, you know, I don't like to do too much working out with weights and shit like that. But running is something I do a lot. So I feel like I would be good at that. But no, I will not fight anybody. Um, this right. is not going to happen. Like Kyle said, you know, nowadays I I pull muscles doing the silliest things. You know, I would tell you that shutting the dishwasher or some shit. I'll pull my back. 28 year old Kyle probably would have fought somebody because <laughs> 28 years old. I was coming off my second deployment. I was the strongest I ever was the fastest I ever was the healthiest I ever was. And then it was all downhill from there. 
I hit 30. Now I'm 40. I'm pretty much halfway dead. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, That's... we're over halfway. Actually, you're over halfway according to the I'm average. Over, I'm mm -hmm. over halfway to dead. And Steph, don't be too sad. Your Stephanie says, can't ruin that beautiful face of yours. No, there she That's is. That's your moneymaker. That's your moneymaker. Mike, it's been a fun time. Huge mm -hmm. shout out to Joe Miggs for coming in on short notice. I knew that. I knew having him come on, we'd have a lot to talk about. But um, That is all for this evening. We don't have any BKFC events till June 11th, right? Yeah. After like, after like a five-week stretch. It was a, quite a stretch. It was like five weeks in a row in, in, or maybe like five events in four weeks. If you, yeah, I think it was five events in four weeks to with the, with the Thailand one, oh, the Thailand. With, yeah. Right, right, right. With man. the Thailand one. So anyways, man, thank you guys for showing up tonight. As you always do. We had a blast talking to our guests and uh, we only have one last thing to say. Peace.